Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Casey Clifford. Casey has worked with clients such as Rolling Stone, Airbnb, Wired, and Time Magazine, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Casey about studying photojournalism at Ohio University, her approach to portraiture, as well as one of her recent assignments for Rolling Stone, photographing artist Joan Baez. I also speak to Casey about her experience photographing the California wildfires in Paradise, California, and how she approaches photographing people in such difficult and stressful situations. I really enjoy Casey's approach to storytelling and portraiture, so I was really excited to get a chance to speak with her about her journey with photography. So I hope you enjoy, and thanks so much for listening. All right, well, Casey Clifford, welcome to the podcast. Excited to talk to you. Um, I guess first to start off, I was just curious, like, uh, how you been doing? Like, what you been working on? I know setting up this interview last week, it sounded like you've been busy shooting. Uh, how's it been going so far lately? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, it's been an interesting pandemic. <laughs> um, I feel like things have sort of been all over the place as far as like, you know, one week it's super busy and kind of nonstop emails and then you know, half the things fall through and the next week you're kind of like, well, I guess I'll go on a walk around the neighborhood and try to make some photos because, you know, there's not much to do here. Um, but it's been, you know, it's it's been good. I, I feel really lucky to have been working throughout a majority of this past year. And yeah, so far so good. That's good. So is that something you do regularly? This kind of like this walk around your neighborhood and this kind of this snap away pretty much? Yes, it's definitely been a place of like solace and just sort of seeing things from a different perspective. I kind of, I try to walk a different way almost every day and sort of at a different time of day. Um, and it's, it's been neat to see sort of the progress of, you know, the natural elements and also people's spaces. Like I think everything's sort of changing. People are obviously spending more time at home. So every place is sort of in a little bit of flux. So there's a lot to see. No, definitely. That's awesome. You know, one assignment I was looking at your Instagram, you got to photograph uh, Joan Baez for Rolling Stone recently. Yeah. I was just kind of curious your experience getting to work with her. It was a great uh, portrait, but yeah. How was that kind of shoot for you? That was a trip. Um, Joan Baez was super kind. She lives like kind of South of San Francisco. So I, got to leave my house for a little while and go explore the um, the South Bay. She is dabbling or not dabbling. She's like professionally doing painting as well as being like a badass in so many other ways. Yeah. Um, and so we got to see her little painting studio that's in her backyard. And it's like in this beautiful wooded space. Um, she, I think she's been photographed a lot of times. So she, you know, for me to be there, for me, it was such a, like a privilege and an honor to come to her home, but she was sort of like, eh, any other day. <laughs> uh, so she just, uh, I don't know, she was very welcoming and, and kind, but also just like, you know, she was herself. No, that's awesome. I feel like I don't know about you, but anytime you get to photograph someone at home as a photographer, I feel like I always walk away with like great images. I don't know if it's because the subject's more at ease being at home or what, but like, do you kind of feel like that when you get the chance to kind of photograph someone in their home? Yeah. And, and for her, like she's been on, you know, so many stages and so many places in the world and 
it was really cool to see her interacting with her space because you can tell she just really loves to be there. And she has kind of a group of people that work at her home and kind of live there and help keep the, um, the place, you know, looking kept up. Um, and she like loves them and she has this big pool and they all like hang out and, um, yeah, she was, she was great. And seeing her in her element was totally awesome. Now I'm just realizing looking at this photo again, is that Dwayne the Rock Johnson there on the it left? Totally, yeah, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> she awesome. uh, she paints like all these, like Kamala Harris is behind him and yeah, Bob Dylan is in the front. So she has like, she mostly paints other people of significance. So it's kind of cool. I think she had a little painting of Dr. Fauci, which was really oh, awesome really? to see. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. How much time did you get to work with her when you went to photograph her? Mm, we had about an hour to set up, which I try to build into the front of these kind of like quicker paced portraits, yep. portrait shoots. Um, so yeah, we were lucky enough to like have some time to sort of scout out spaces and set up lighting. Uh, my assistant, my friend Poppy helped me out on it. Um, yeah. And we, I think we had probably about a whole hour, which is really you know, quite generous for someone like her who's got plenty of other better things to do in her life than hang out with me for the afternoon. But no, that's, um, aw- that's awesome. And it was, yeah. that, was that the first time you had worked with Rolling Stone or do you kind of had uh, worked with them previously? No, I've worked with them. I've been really lucky to work with them quite a few times. Like um, Joe hired me for that shoot who was on your podcast. And then Sasha has hired me. And um, yeah, I've done like three or four in the past few years, which have been really I'm really grateful for they've been like so they're so kind and you know for such a a magazine with such name significance it's really it's cool to have some work with them no that's awesome and how like do they give you a lot of direction on the shoots you're doing or they kind of kind of just give you a little bit of idea of what they want or like they like let you do your thing or how does that kind of collaboration work for you with them I guess yeah they're they're definitely open to collaboration and hearing you know, my kind of direction that I'd like to go in. But for this one, it was like specific about her painting. So we had to be in her painting studio and it was pandemic. So we had to keep our distance because this was pre-vaccination and pre, you know, like when I think it was shot in October. So it was still when things were a little bit like dicey. We don't see the end. Yeah. There's no end in sight. And it was like, you know, I, I don't want to, um, you know get too close or be inside so I was outside the whole time and I was just photographing through a door for that shot yeah how's that been like I know like as someone myself who shoots portraits and a lot of you do a lot of portrait work yourself like have you found you've had to like change your approach a lot within the last year how you photograph or is it kind of getting back to normal or like how's this kind of been the feel with with obviously everything going on with the pandemic I guess Mm -hmm. um well I think I definitely had to make a switch at the beginning because I don't know, I'm lucky enough to be in San Francisco and the weather is kind of like pretty much standard (laughs) all the time. Like, you know, you don't have much fluctuation besides fire weather, which is scary. And then like, you know, some days there are wind and hopefully some rain every so often. (laughs) Um, But we, I don't know. I, I think that I have, been lucky to shoot on some really nice days and I also I really try to plan out before I go to each shoot like you know even if I'm going to be in someone's backyard like I I try it doesn't always happen but to 
see an image of the backyard or like do some Google maps, like driving around uh, on street view and like try to check out the angles, try to check out where the light might be. Um, and I, I think that's been helpful to like pre-plan and that's kind of changed a little bit during pandemic. Yeah. Google, Google scout. That's what I call it. I used it the <laughs> other day. Like it comes in handy sometimes. It's like, you can't get to the location. It gives you, it, it, it brings a little, a sense of ease a little bit, you know, so sometimes <laughs> totally. you know what you're going to walk into kind of, but that's awesome. Um, but I guess to go back, I was just kind of curious, like where you grew up and like, how did you kind of originally get into photography? Yeah. Um, so I'm from New Jersey originally, like Western central New Jersey. Um, I, feel like I have a very similar story to many other people. Like I had kind of stole my mom's camera from her and started to make MySpace images for my friends. <laughs> it was like, you know, back when that was a thing. Wait, what was it? Um, space, space images? No, no, my, MySpace. <laughs> oh, MySpace. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you, what, what, you know? what the, yeah. What was the dude, who, the dude from MySpace? I forget what was his name. Was it Tom? Who everyone um, was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the one dude everyone was friends with MySpace. That's throwing it back. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was kind of classic. I like got to go on a um, trip for my Spanish class to Costa Rica and wow. brought a camera with me and was like, you know, this is what I want to do forever. And um, yeah, kind of went from there, like just hanging out with friends and being the one with the camera and kind of learning how to just direct people and be in a space with a camera and kind of, you know, be a photojournalist and sent in the sense of like being you know a fly on the wall no that's awesome like were you shooting film or straight to digital when you first started out yeah straight to digital I like kind of hop skipped over like I, I played around with film and with dark room stuff but I really like the college I went to Ohio University our program was strictly digital and I think it had switched over like three or four years before I arrived um, but yeah, basically like straight to digital, there was some film in the program, but it was only like, if you wanted to take an extra class. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. How'd you end up deciding to go to Ohio university? Cause I mean, I know that's an amazing school. I believe it's, it's really a, a big like photojournalism school. If I, if I remember correctly. Right. Yep. They also have commercial programs, but it really, they kind of keep it separate. Um, so if you're on the photojournalism track, you really like dive in specifically. Um, I don't know. I went, I explored a bunch of options for photo schools. Like I knew that's what I wanted to do, but um, I put together a little like very menial portfolio and brought it over and shared with the professors. And I like, I looked at RIT to go there, which um, is also a great option, but I, they had like snow tunnels between dorms yeah, yeah. and I was like, I am not going to be, um, you know, in this deep of snow for my, for my whole winters. So yeah, that was one thing I like, I like the snow, but I'm not that into it. <laughs> uh, definitely. And I guess when you got to school there, like, did you obviously look at the work you do now, you do a lot of portraiture, editorial work and some, some other amazing stuff, like, or, like even going to school, did you kind of have an idea of like what you wanted to do? Were there like any kind of influences to your work early on or anything like that? Yeah, um, I knew that I really enjoyed getting to know people and seeing them in their elements. Um, I sort of wanted to do a little bit more strict photojournalism than I think what I'm doing now. Like um, coming out of school, I've sort of pushed away from that in the sense that I'm doing a little bit more directing, um, a little bit more like 
you know, augmenting light with flash. And um, yeah, I will, I was really interested in just being in celebrating moments with people and like, you know, the tough times and, and the really beautiful moments. So no, that's, that's awesome. kind of what got me into it. Yeah. And what kind of stuff, like looking back from even when you're in school, like what kind of stuff were you shooting? What was it like portrait based, like storytelling stuff or sports? Because like I know like uh, when I was in photo school, they their their plan, their photojournalism program was basically like teaching kids how to be like a newspaper photographer at that point. Yes. But what kind of stuff were you working on even when you were a student, I guess? Yeah, I guess I was I knew what I didn't want to do. I didn't really want to do sports stuff like I shot a couple of sports assignments for um, like the New York times and stuff since school ended. And it's always funny. I'm like with my medium format, like super slow camera and all these guys are on the field, just like, who is this person? <laughs> what is she doing with that? Like slow camera. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I, at school, I kind of, I did some longer term storytelling and I was really, I tried to push myself away from like the daily news grind like I had an internship at a newspaper and it just like wasn't my thing I like I kept wanting more and wanting to spend more time with people and it was just like that's not how it really goes you know you're like doing four assignments a day and yeah quick in and out like getting what you need to get and filing from your car and like I'm just not good at that (laughs) I hear you and I guess like once you kind of got out of school like what was kind of your first step into the photo industry? Did you kind of go straight to shooting or did you kind of have any jobs before you kind of made the jump into like freelancing, like which you're doing now? Mm-hmm. I did quite a bit of assisting and um, being a PA on shoots, like larger kind of brand campaigns. I would, I had a friend who was a producer and she would hire me to like help set up, you know, everything, basically any part of shoots. So I think I, that was a really good experience. I got to see sort of all sides of the production world. Um, was that in San Francisco or? Oh, sorry. That was actually in Salt Lake City. So I moved after college in Ohio. I moved to Salt Lake City for five years. And wow, worked. that's that's amazing. Because everyone, yeah. like, honestly, probably 99% of the kids I went to school with, they either go to New York or L.A. I don't think I've ever heard Salt Lake City. So that's that's really interesting. Totally. Yeah. So my... I met my husband in photo school and he had an internship at the Provo Daily Herald. He was also, or is also a photographer and was doing newspaper stuff back then. Um, And so he moved there and like, I had like a brief job for this place called Rustic Pathways, which was like a travel, like kids from high school would travel to different countries. And I went to Costa Rica and the Dominican Republic and Fiji. And I got to like hang out with, people and just photograph like some interesting Damn, so you got to go to Fiji yeah <laughs> wow that's amazing yeah that was really cool so that was like kind of three summers in a row but that was when I was had already moved to Salt Lake City um yeah I was kind of trying to base myself out of there and be a photographer but I didn't really know what kind of photographer I wanted to be because I I knew more so what I didn't want to be so <laughs> Um, yeah, it was really a lot of like learning um, kind of the the different worlds that were out there besides just what Ohio University had. 
Yeah, definitely. And I know you mentioned your your husband went to photography school too. What's it like having a partner who's also like a photographer? (laughs) Are you guys like competitive? Do you guys kind of help each other like edit your work? Or what's ours? That seems like a cool dynamic. It's cool. Yeah, we could have a whole podcast about that. It's um, (laughs) it's kind of it's hard and good at the same time. I mean, both of us are like definitely from different um or strive for different types of work which I think is cool because I can support him in that and he can support me in my work um he does like a lot of longer form storytelling like where he'll sort of go to a place and spend like a month there and and hang out with the people in the place um and my work has sort of moved into the realm of like editorial like you know assignment work no that's Um, that's awesome and uh yeah how did you kind of who were like some of the first clients once you started kind of shooting editorial or taking on jobs and kind of shooting your your own stuff like who were kind of some of the first clients and assignments you got Mm -hmm. I think maybe the one of the first few assignments were like Bloomberg News that was like this woman Farah hired me to photograph um a fish like a trout farm which was really cool um and I, I think New York Times after that was like, those were my first few. And like, how are, I, I would go to you. Oh, that's awesome. And like, how are you kind of getting your work out there? Were you just kind of emailing people or was this kind of through social media marketing or like, how are you kind of getting on people's radar? Because as you know, that's like half the battle in this business is letting people know that you're around and what you're doing, you know? Yeah, certainly. Um, I tried to after college, like once a year, I would make a trip to New York. And since I'm from New Jersey, it would be like, you know, double family and work trip. Um, so I would go try to email as many people as I could and be like, Hey, I'm in New York. Like I, or I'll be in New York in a week. Let me know if you have any time for me. And I would, I got pretty lucky. Like some some days I'd just be like, you know, without any meetings and I'd just like be in New York City, like, what do I do now? <laughs> but um, but other days I would have like four or five meetings in a row and be like, oh my God, why did I plan a meeting in Midtown and then a meeting in Brooklyn, like within a, two hours of each other? Like it's way too stressful. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got through that. I met so many kind editors who, you know, were excited that I was in Salt Lake City because there's weren't there were a few but not very very many photographers there but they were also like um you know we have like maybe one assignment a year in Salt Lake because not really much happens there (laughs) um but that's okay it was an easy place to live after college it was very inexpensive and kind of the perfect place to start out sort of just lots of adventure and fun and I could work at a restaurant and make enough money to pay my rent so that was kind of what I did for a while yeah that's awesome I I love Utah I went to Moab Utah and in college and like I feel like it's just like an underrated state you know yeah it's really blown up right now I think like all my friends who live there and own houses are now like their homes have doubled in price and (laughs) it seems like yeah it it was a good place to invest in like five years ago and now it's just like everyone's moving to these mid-sized cities because they're super awesome (laughs) man i messed up i should have invested in utah real estate and bitcoin Uh, about eight years ago i'd be chilling (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yes very Uh, similar (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, <laughs> how, how, what kind of brought you to San Francisco? Like, how did you kind of end up uh, moving out there? Well, after five years in Utah, it was sort of like, you know, I had been freelancing and working, but I never, I didn't really feel very comfortable being a photographer full time. I like always worked at a restaurant or had other sort of like income to some supplement. Yep. Um, but it was sort of like, all right, we're either going to like set down roots and like buy a house here, which we should have, or we're going to move to a bigger market. And like, I always, I sort of rejected the idea of moving to New York city because all my, like you said, all my friends from high school and college, like were there. Um, and LA was a prospect, but, um, you know, I, I didn't, I was a little more comfortable coming to San Francisco. It's like, I don't know. It just seemed more accessible for some reason. Um, yeah. Came at a good time, I think. No, that's amazing. And like moving to a new market, was that kind of like a daunting task? You feel like you're kind of like starting from square one again, like trying to get your name out there to like local clients. And then obviously you might have existing clients with like Bloomberg and then you have to like let them know, Hey, I moved and stuff like that. Was that kind of like a, a daunting task once you kind of move there and try to like set up your roots, I guess, in a new city. Exactly. Yeah. That was, um, it was difficult at first and it was sort of like as soon as I moved to California I was like getting calls for some work in Utah and I was like why you know like <laughs> you didn't you know no, you didn't call me while I was there so why now um but it wasn't too hard because San Francisco is such a there's like a lot happening all the time that even though there's a lot of photographers here it feels like we're all kind of making it happen somehow yeah, you guys got obviously amazing magazine with Wired, who I know you've worked with. You did a cool, I was going to ask you about it. You did a whole uh, climate issue thing for Wired magazine, which is based in San Francisco. Um, how's yeah. it kind of getting to work with them? And like, how do you kind of initially um, start like working with them? Because I think that that's the one thing I'm always interested in, like how people get their foot in the door and start working with a client. But what was kind of your experience working with Wired um, with the client, the climate issue, I guess? Yeah, the, the climate issue was really cool. They I had been, I did a couple meetings, like once I moved to San Francisco with the portfolio here and they were one of the, the groups that I had met with. And I was just like, I don't, I don't just seeing the editors at random events happening in the city here. Yeah. Um, and then one day Lauren called me and she was like, Hey, um, we have this issue coming up and we want to hire you to shoot like all the stories in it. So myself and another photographer covered um like he he sort of did more landscape um detail type things and I photographed a couple of stories in San Francisco and one in Detroit um, oh so wow they, to, sent, they sent you to Detroit yeah so I got to photograph this car manufacturer called Rivian they make these this electric vehicle that's like the they're like partnering with L.O. Bean to make like the dream truck off-roading electric vehicle Wow. Um, yeah, they're really cool. Uh, but that yeah. was no good. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, with this shot, it looks like they basically this kind of clipped it out. Or is that kind of what it looked like when you shot it, I guess? Well, kind of crazy. This whole factory had white floors. Wow. So it was amazing. It was amazing. It was so really not clipped. I just sort of, um, yeah, used a couple different lights to try to light the whole situation. But yeah, I you can't really get more lucky than that. 
That's amazing. So with like an assignment like this, where you're shooting a lot of different stuff, like how do you kind of prepare for an assignment like this? Do you kind of, you'll make a list of like shots you're hoping to get, or is it more just kind of an organic process for you kind of showing up and seeing where it goes or like, what's that kind of process for you? Yeah, definitely shot lists are helpful and sort of like mood boards to drive creative direction for lighting and for um, portraits and that sort of thing. This one was a little bit different because, um, well, this Rivian one was a little more planned out, but the other two shots were kind of um, a little more fly by the seat of our pants. <laughs> um, the, the first images in the series are um, of the director of transportation for San Francisco. And mm-hmm. he, he was really late. So he showed up like 30 minutes after sunset basically <laughs> started. So yeah, we, we had this whole plan in place. I scouted, had my assistant, we were just kind of waiting on market street for this guy to show up and which is fine. He's very busy and was very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it happens all the time. But Market Street is sort of notorious and San Francisco is sort of notorious for people getting their gear stolen. So I'm always like, I hate to be I hate to be kind of like, you know, sitting duck out there on Market Street waiting for the worst to happen. So like assignments like this, are you generally like working with an assistant or is it you kind of by yourself doing your thing or like what's that kind of process? Mm, Most of the time, I would say probably 80 percent of shoots that I do are just me. Mm -hmm. Um. And I sort of like probably look like a little crazy person, but I like carry my light on a stand and sort of run around and, you know, chase people. Um, But when I am able to hire an assistant, it's very liberating. And I feel, I think every single one of these shoots I had an assistant on, which it's super, it just takes your mind um, off of doing everything at once which i'm sure you've dealt with before oh yeah definitely i just did it yesterday i was like lugging <laughs> yeah. c stands and stuff because it was just me and then like by the time i'm ready to shoot the picture i'm like huffing and puffing and like exactly <laughs> yeah. especially you got your mask on i can barely breathe <laughs> i know exactly it's uh it takes a lot of stress off your mind when you have someone who can even like you know if you're out on the street make sure the light doesn't blow over or you know you carrying a sandbag and a camera and this and that it just uh, you know you become very frazzled I think and it's nice to have someone to just like watch your back a little bit yeah definitely and then it's like in terms of like the style and like aesthetic of your work like obviously you mentioned like you like to use strobe um has that kind of always been part of your workflow and like I guess overall did it kind of take you a while to kind of find your your voice and approach to the style of your work I guess yeah I would say the pandemic has made me choose a little bit more to use like that flash. Like I would prefer natural light, but um, at this point in the game, I sort of am trying to make things as natural as possible looking with just a little additional pop of light. So sort of just adding to sunlight or adding a little extra sun in there. Um, And I, I think the pandemic has changed that because I'm showing up to places that, you know, we're out on the street at noon in front of someone's house. And it's like, well, this is, we're sort of set up for a little bit of a difficult lighting situation to begin with. So just adding a little bit of rounding out to the natural light 
our naturally overhead noon light is really beneficial. Definitely. I really love this portrait on your Instagram and like, I'm guessing you lit it with strobe, but it looks pretty, pretty much like daylight. I could be wrong. No, it's true. Um, It was actually raining when this was shot and it was like one of those really ugly rainy days that just like, you know, you wouldn't even want to just stay inside. (laughs) Um, So I was actually like halfway in and halfway out of her door in her kitchen and I had this strobe with a big like plastic garbage bag over it outside <laughs> um, to make sure that it didn't explode in the rain. Uh, and it was, yeah, just a light kind of beaming through her kitchen windows. And yeah, I think, I think it looks pretty realistic, but it was a yeah, real no, ugly day out there. No, I really loved it. It was almost like, it kind of had like a very like cinematic feel to it, but it was like not like too overly flashy. It was one of my favorite pictures on your Instagram. Thanks. And like, what's your approach with like portraiture? Are you someone, do you give your subjects a ton of direction or do you kind of let them bring their own vibe to it? Or like, what's your, when you're doing portraiture stuff, like what's your kind of workflow in terms of like directing people, I guess? Well, I sort of, I kind of start off with mm, the least crucial shots just to warm somebody up because I think it takes probably like, you know, you don't always get the luxury of time, but like 10 minutes for someone to really like relax. And I I try to make them feel at as home as possible, even though they're like, you know, sitting in a weird chair and feeling like they don't know where to put their hands and they don't know how to turn their face. Uh, So I just, I make sure that people feel as like natural as they can, which is not easy. Um, And I do direct people in the sense that, you know, I'm, I kind of turn their heads different directions. I make sure that their body posture is not like slumped and people kind of have the tendency to want to like hide in a, in a way. Definitely. Um, so giving them something to like put their hands on is I think something nice, like a chair or a wall, just like leaning or doing something that's like more, um, I guess helps them hold themselves. No, that makes sense. And uh, I guess, like, in terms of, like, the stuff, like, what kind of assignments pique your interest most these days? Like, when you get the call, what kind of gets you excited? Is it the portrait stuff or more kind of long-form storytelling stuff? Or what kind of stuff do you think you're interested in most these days? Yeah, I definitely love portraits and anything. Like, I love photographing, like, business women. I feel like that's uh, something I've been doing a lot of lately. And um I don't know, just people who are really pushing the boundaries of their own professions and their own worlds. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I miss photographing people inside their homes. That's like one of the the coolest parts of my job, I think, is just like being there, being in someone's house and like seeing them and like the, the their lives basically. And now that's a little, it's missing. <laughs> No, definitely. I find like the business stuff, there's a lot of that work out there. I find it anybody who's like really good at it, like that is such a skill. Like I struggle with it. Like when you walk into these offices where it's like cubicle country and it's like white walls, like how do you like when you walk into a space like that, like how are you like navigating your approach? Because I always just struggle because it's just like, I don't know. It's yeah, that's definitely hard. And I like, honestly, I'm would rather photograph anything else besides that, <laughs> that. but um, I don't know. The, the main things that I like joke around with 
PR people who are leading me around. I'm like, how can we get all these lights off? Like, I want to turn all these like overhead fluorescent lights off away. Like, usually it doesn't always work out in my favor, but um, that gets some like natural window light coming through. See where there's like some spots of sun that are making, you know, interesting um, patterns in, in light. Um, yeah, I, the cubicle thing is hard. It really, uh, the open office format is, uh, difficult to photograph because they all kind of start to look the same after a while. No, definitely. That's a good tip. You, you just kind of chase the light. If there's cool, like light coming in the window, this utilize, you basically utilize whatever is in your surroundings to your advantage, pretty much. Do you ever run into this? Like, especially when you're photographing, like, like business people, like CEOs or whoever it may be that the PR people will sometimes come to you and be like, Hey, uh, we normally have him photograph over here. I like always in front re- of the sign, like the yeah, company, logo. whatever. I'm just like, no, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's yes. not what we're doing. <laughs> that's uh, definitely real. It's like, Oh, well, like half, you know, half the people who come in here, they want to photograph in front of like, you know, this power sign that's like, you know, with the <laughs> arms crossed and all the things. And it's like, all right, well, half of the time I'm just like, all right, I'm going to give, I'm going to do that for you just to make you feel a little bit better for a minute, just to like, you know, hear you out. And then how about we just walk over here for a minute? Let's just, you know, I always say this, let's just try, like, you know, it doesn't have to be what we decide, but then, you know, after a minute, they're always like, Oh, this does look cool. And you're like, yeah, I know. (laughs) No, you're right. That's you're so smart. Like you have to like please them and like help and not be like defensive like i don't want to do that you really have to kind of like it's like mental right. gymnastics a little bit like one for them oh, yeah. one for me kind of right exactly yeah i don't i would rather sort of stand up and be like oh no this is the way we're gonna do it but then you know after a while it's just sort of like oh it's just easier if i kind of get that out of the way for a minute and uh yeah they're gonna be more open and willing to have me um try my thing if if I try theirs. No, definitely. That's good advice. And, you know, one assignment I was interested in talking to you about, um, you did this assignment um, for the New York times, um, heavy story. Like I was kind of yeah. curious, like, how do you approach an assignment like this? I just reading it for me. I like going into assignment like this. I would feel like some level of like nerves, I guess, because you're photographing someone, this guy's Stevie gold, who was about sexual abuse that he had endured in his life. And obviously heavy topic and anybody having to like relive this and think about it and then be photographed for an article about one of the worst times in his life. Like, how do you go into assignment like this? That's just such a heavy topic, I guess. Yeah, there were, it was really difficult. Um, I was lucky enough to be meeting Stevie with the reporter who had been kind of investigating the story for a long time, not investigating, but he was covering the story. Um, this is the district attorney. So I actually met the district attorney first in the day. I kind of heard his perspective and talked to him about the case. So I felt like I kind of knew, um, you know, the details. Um, have you, so if, I for people, and for people listening, if you could just kind of maybe explain a little bit about the story, who oh, Stevie sure. was and like what, what the whole kind of the article is about, I guess. Yeah. So Stevie was or is a really talented tennis player who um, was abused by, in high school, by a a coach who sort of coached people who were not really high school, but like a little, I guess, 
extracurricular from high school, um, more statewide teams and things like that. But he would go to these competitions with the young kids who were like, you know, promising athletes. And he would basically like stay in hotels with them. And it turned out to be this whole just years and years of abuse against young boys. And so they tried to catch him. He was also a high school teacher and they tried to catch him once the charges were like, for some reason, they didn't believe the kids um, who were like, who came out about this. So they had to do a whole sting operation to catch him. And basically they like wired up Stevie and he had to go and basically make the guy confess. Wow. Um, So yeah, it was kind of, it was horrible that, you know, they can't just hear someone's story and say, okay, we're going to try to help you. They had to like, you know, catch the guy. And I feel like that's even more traumatic for Stevie and for other kids. Definitely. You're like going back and reliving the person who like terrorized you in your life. I can't imagine. It's, It's horrific. Exactly. So finally, this guy is in prison. The, the DA is this guy in the suit and he was the one who kind of pushed the case through and yeah. So luckily solved for now, but like, it's horrible. Like Stevie, he's so kind and such a nice person. Um, and I just tried to be as empathetic as I could to his situation. And this is Stevie right here. Yeah. Yep. And he and his family um, were understandably like, you know, they didn't really want photos and weren't sure about having pictures taken. So I don't know, Stevie was like, no, I'm going to do this. I want to share my story. I want to like have this out there. And yeah, it was really powerful and really nice to meet someone who, you know, wanted to be a voice for other people who are unfortunately in the same position. No, definitely. And I guess just as a photographer, a human being, like when you get an assignment like this, do you do you ever have nerves going into it? Like, how do you kind of manage that um, going into assignments if you do ever have like kind of this anxious, I guess? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I get a little bit nervous before any type of shoot. I'm just like, you know, it's a vulnerable position to be in for both parties. Like, you know, I'm I'm of the understanding that the subject is putting their story out there for whatever reason, and they're giving part of their, um, you know, vulnerabilities to me. So I kind of try to be as open as I can to them. And for that kind of assignment, it's, I want to be as delicate as I can. And I know that my editor needs these images and I need to provide them for the story to go forward. but yeah, I, I try to like let people slowly kind of become comfortable with, with me being there. And I never like, I think I sat with Stevie and his family for like a whole hour with the reporter before we even took one image. So that's smart. Yeah. Instead of just like rushing into it, like snap, 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 snap. It's like, no, yeah. it's like talk, get a sense of like who you are, let you know, I'm not like out to get you or anything that's uh yeah exactly because they yeah they have been taken i mean in stevie's case he was taken advantage by someone in the past so Mm -hmm. it's uh yeah like i said it's vulnerable for him to give his story out there 
No, definitely. And, you know, another series of photos I was interested in talking to you about, like mm -hmm. another heavy story, like yeah. um, the wildfires in California, down in uh, Paradise, California. Um, I guess I guess I was just going to ask, like, have you always just been kind of comfortable approaching people to photograph them? Or like, is it something you feel like you kind of got better at over time? Because obviously with this story as well, it's a terrible uh, experience. These people are losing their homes, their 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 so much stuff and people it's it's a very touchy uh thing it's yeah. like a, how, how do you kind of approach that and like you've always been comfortable just kind of approaching people in these situations yeah I would say half of these images were people who I was set up to meet with and then mm -hmm. half of them are people who I just sort of like kind of stumbled upon um in the moment and I have some, I have definitely hesitation and like nerves when it comes to like going up to strangers, especially in this kind of environment. Like mm. there's one image that that's coming up where um, the, the uh, rescuers found a body in one of the homes that was burnt down. Um, and it was just like the most uncomfortable feeling for me to, like, I knew that that image, I wanted to show it because of, you know, the, the place we were in that was just ravaged by fire. Um, sorry, I guess it's further down. Oh, right here. But like, yeah, I tried to be respectful, stay far back, use a long lens, but like still try to share, you know, this moment. Um, yeah, for me, I, I feel like I want to avoid that, like the vulture kind of mm. attitude of journalism and I really get turned off by the fact of like, you know, lots of photographers around um, trying to capture people in like their, you know, most, the most awful days of their lives. So this kind of storytelling is, it's definitely feels controversial in my, my own psyche. Yeah, no, uh, it's definitely, it's a, yeah, I think any element of photography, it's like as a photographer, you are like whatever you're photographing, you're kind of like taking something at the end of the day a little bit, like no matter what you're yeah. shooting, you are like going into someone's space. So it's like, but I think like the way you talk about it, you, you have respect for these people and you're, you're taking the time to talk to them and you're not just like jumping in and jumping out. So it's like, uh, there, there is like a process to it. It sounds like. Yeah. I, I definitely try to hear people out and have like a actual conversation with them and yeah, some of these people were like in shelters and um, or tent camps that were set up like, you know, where people lost everything and were just like kind of hanging out in Walmart parking lot where people were bringing donations because they had nothing to wear the next day or, you know, toothpaste or, you know, like simple things like that, that, you know, I just, I tried to be as gentle as I could in those situations. And I, I had some experiences with like sitting down with someone, like literally sitting on the ground, talking to people and having like news media or other journalists come up and be like, oh, like, can I get this shot? And I'd be like, what? Like, come on. <laughs> I have been sitting here for like 20 minutes. I'm just trying to have a conversation. I'm literally like not trying to get anything out of this person other than talking to them. And you're like, waiting for me to leave like hovering over my shoulder yeah so. that's that's kind of gross it's just like man don't be a vulture like have some yeah. respect for the people it's like yeah you gotta do your job i get it but it's like it's still like human beings at the end of the day you know um, I, know. I definitely but, struggle with that and i try not to be too 
trying not to be too negative, but that's a uh, that's something that I definitely feel um, that I want to change in myself is sort of like you know think about my process, be as human as I can, and realize that the people who I'm sharing are giving something to me, and and one like who who am I uplifting or who am I trying to uplift and to like who will be consuming this and how how will they be consuming this if that makes sense like no definitely I think it all comes back to like your intention like why you're doing it like you're you're doing it because I mean photojournalism is so important like yeah this these the photos of these people in the wildfire or the photos of Stevie it's terrible situations that no one wants to live through but it's important that other people get to see these pictures hear these people's stories so they understand like what's going on in the world and like I don't know. I just looking at the work, you can tell you have compassion for the people you're photographing. So it's like, yeah, if you have good intentions, I think it's all, it's positive and important work to do, you know? Thanks. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I was going to ask you about your work. Like, do you view yourself as like a photojournalist or like, cause you know, like the traditional photojournalists that they, they won't do like, they only can do so much editing to their work. Like, how do you kind of view your work as like, are you a photojournalist? Will you utilize certain Photoshop techniques on your work or how does that kind of work for you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess in my head, when I think about it, I try to avoid the word like photojournalism. I think there's a lot of like traditions associated with it that are sort of Mm -hmm. um I'm gonna start like a controversial thing here but they're sort of like uh antiquated in a sense like I think that I'm this blend or trying to create this blend of like art photography documentary and photojournalism and like bringing it all together and through that like I don't I really don't do any photoshop like I do basic edits I'm not like deleting anything from the photo basic edits as far as like um, you know, color balance and, you know, brightness and contrast and stuff like that. But um, yeah, just basic toning. But I'm definitely like, it depends on the publication, I guess. Like if I'm, if I'm photographing for the New York Times or Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, I'm sticking to the photojournalism guidelines. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not um, moving things around or like taking stuff out of the frame that I don't think should be there. Yeah. Um, but when I approach my personal work or work for, um, yeah, more portrait based like magazine work, I will like, yeah, try to make the scene as emblematic of the story as it should be um, or it needs to be. And yeah. no, that's yeah, definitely that's it's interesting. And uh, another, a couple more questions. I'll let you go. Um, I yeah. saw on your Instagram. You, you worked on a. It sounded like a really fun assignment back in 2016. You went on Amtrak, one of their trains. Um, I believe it was for like their like in-house like magazine. You went from like San Francisco to Salt Lake City by train. I was just kind of curious, like how, what was it kind of working on that assignment? I guess. Yeah, it was so cool. Um, actually, so Jim, my partner, and I, we got to take the train together, and we had. We actually rode the Amtrak from Salt Lake City to New York, like to the East Coast via different routes. And wow. How long did that take? Yeah, it was so long. It was like four days, I think, or like 
two and a half seasons of Game of Thrones, <laughs> <laughs> as I remember it. We like we didn't have um, the sort of train car that you can sleep in. We just had seats, so we just like sat for four days straight. Um, but anyway, it was it was a cool experience. So we met with the um, Amtrak. It's called the National, the Amtrak's magazine, and we we got hired to shoot. I think he originally started the sh- to shoot for them on his own, but then somehow I got connected to it as well. So we shot it together. Um, That's awesome. It was cool. It was kind of it was hard to photograph on the train because people are like, "What are you doing?" You know, they take exactly. They like take the train for solace and to like be I don't know not be bothered and we had one really fun experience with like the car that has all the windows in it yeah there were just like a bunch of people playing cards and hanging out for like days on end and they had like big bags of wine with them that was (laughs) so wild they like pull wine out of their duffel bag and pour it into their cups and they were just like kind of fun people to sort of see and hang out with um but yeah it was tough, but also a fun assignment. No, it definitely looked awesome. Photos came out great. People can check it out. I know you have a bunch on your, I don't know if they're on your website, but they are on your Instagram. People can go scroll back there. There's some cool stuff. Um, yeah. Speaking about Instagram, I, I talk about Instagram friends all the time. Like how, how do you approach it? Like, I mean, obviously it's an important tool as a photographer. I think no one can deny that. Uh, right. Some people view it as like an extension of their portfolio. Some people utilize it more of kind of this, their day-to-day life kind of a fun approach. Like what do you think about Instagram and like, how do you approach it? I guess as a marketing tool, I guess, for your work. Yeah. I try to um, not go on it as much as I do, but I end up like, spending a lot of time on there like it is right now it's been a really good resource to like contain your community while you're not able to be with each other like I definitely keep up with all my friends and photo people uh, that way but it does it becomes this echo chamber in a sense that kind of really frustrates me and I see you know, something happens and like everyone will post the same thing. And it's like, all right, are we really like sharing actual news or like important discussion with each other? And I do think that there is a lot of important tools. And sometimes I try to post things on there to like share with family members that I don't think we'll see, Yeah, you know, stuff otherwise in the world. Yep, yep. Um, I got a couple of those family members. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does it does trouble me how, um, you know, insular it is as a, a place of discussion. It's sort of like, you know, a lot of conversation will happen on there and not in real life. And that kind of is unfortunate. No, I agree. And as a photographer, I don't know if you've ever had this, you can definitely go down the start comparing yourself to other people's work. And you're like, well, I'm not working. You can get, you can get I don't know. I, you can start feeling like, I don't know. I, I've had those feelings before. Like, what am I, should I be yeah. doing this? Should I be doing that? Like, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? You know? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's a very powerful tool. You can make yourself or people can make themselves seem like they're really busy when they're actually not. And I felt that way before, like people are, would come up to me like last year throughout the last year and be like, Oh, you're, you know, it seems like you're killing it. And I really have trouble being like, you know, uh, I, I feel like I'm very thankful to be still working, but also I'm like, 
you know, that's not how it really is. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, I post a lot of stuff, but I'm not necessarily doing that like every day, you know, I'm not, Yep. I don't know if I really feel like I'm killing it myself. So hey, hey, well, that's good to hear. You know, I think I'm, I'm in the same boat. So it feels <laughs> good. You, you, you put me at ease. Yes. <laughs> that's good. great. I but so. I guess to wrap up, like what's next for you, Casey? Like obviously you, you accomplished a lot already, gotten work with some amazing clients and produced a lot of amazing work. But like what's next for you? Like kind of any goals for your photography moving forward, I guess? Thanks. Yeah. Um I think at some point I'd like to start doing a little bit more creative direction in the sense of like doing a little bit more ad work Mm -hmm. um, or finding the place where documentary meets ad um trying to maybe at some point do some personal work like i i think that it's easy to get caught up in like the editorial grind you're sort of like all right i'm going to do this assignment and then all right i've accomplished my goals for the day like i did a shoot um yeah, but really, I, I'd like to, at this point, start planning my own shoots um, and pushing for doing a little bit more long-term work. I have a couple story ideas that, like, I'd like to try. One of them is in Italy, so that's not going to happen. Hey, hopefully, um, <laughs> so, hopefully soon. I mean, they're in lockdown again, but you know, hopefully, maybe next year. Fingers crossed. I know. Yeah, crown knock on wood. So, um, we'll see that kind of that kind of thing. I'm trying to find some stories that are more close to home that's great actually i forgot i was gonna ask you about this one picture it's on your website it says personal work you photograph um, a man named lenny and said he was Mm. pardoned from two life sentences plus 100 years um yeah what was that project all about yeah so i haven't really talked about it yet but it's this is a good time to start that conversation but in i think 2016 when i was living in utah I photographed a woman for the New York Times who had been writing letters back and forth to, it's kind of a complicated story, but basically she knew this guy in high school. She found out he was in prison. She started writing letters to him and they ended up getting married. Mm. Um, So the story was about their conversation. They like made a book together out of all the letters. And so she started working with, um, with an like a nonprofit sort of group who helped to get him pardoned from his life sentences. So she basically like led the effort to try to get him out of prison because he wow. was unfairly incarcerated. He like robbed a couple of convenience stores in the eighties while he was, um, I think he was on some sort of drugs and he yeah, from just robbing, he got like away with $500 or something. He got put in prison for two life sentences plus 100 years. Wow. So it was just like extremely unfair sentencing. Um, yeah, so I, after Lenny got released, I went back to their home in Utah and spent a few days with them. Like I just like slept in their guest room. Wow. And yeah, and hung out got to like meet him in person and I have a lot of images that I would like to share at some point soon but um so you think you'll they, keep keep photographing them for a while maybe um I'm curious to what I'm gonna do but now Lenny and her name's Vandy they're gonna be working together to get some other people pardoned from prison so mm. yeah we'll see it's sort of um it's a story that I'm not sure I'm 
going to continue, but also I think about it all the time and think about meeting them. So. No, it's awesome. It's a great portrait. No, no, definitely. Well, Casey, uh, pleasure talking to you. I could have talked to you forever, <laughs> but uh, really, no, nice to talk to you too. Yeah, yeah, love your work. And I guess for anybody listening, if they want to check out more of your work, where's the best place for them to go? Well, Instagram, I guess, is the more up to date. But I recently redid my website, so CaseyClifford dot com. I'll link it, and people can go check it out. But uh, thanks so much, Casey. Cool. Thank you. Take care. Appreciate Bye. it. Take care. Bye. So there you have it. That was the Casey Clifford interview. Uh, just want to thank Casey so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Uh, big fan of her work. She does amazing portraiture. And uh, there's a lot of really interesting projects on her website. So definitely go uh, check out her work. Her website is CaseyClifford.com. As well as definitely go give her a follow on Instagram at Casey Clifford. Uh, lots of amazing work she's always posting up there. So definitely go give her a follow. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every week on Apple Podcasts spotify as well as the photo banter youtube page um, so definitely go check us out on youtube hit the subscribe button as it'd be much appreciated and as always thanks so much for listening and take care